are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about the question, why does perfume give me migraines? How are you, Mary? I'm doing so good. Good, good. Yeah, today we're going to talk about migraines that are caused by odors like perfume. Yeah, this should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so common complaint for women who are prone to migraines, where they notice that they're getting a headache or a full-blown migraine if they run into an odor, right? Could be perfume, could be walking down the detergent aisle in the grocery store, cleaners, household cleaners, things like that. Right. And you know, like it is one of those things that is as hard to avoid as the weather. That's very true. <laughs> right. If you, if you need to buy detergent in the grocery store, you need to go down that detergent aisle. Right. Right. Well, I mean, some people can maybe send husbands or, you know, loved ones to go get detergent, but it's not very easy to go anywhere because you can't guarantee that nobody's going to have perfume on. Perfume on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you have zero control over, really. Yeah, exactly. You could be uh, walking by somebody. Even sometimes I'll pass somebody outdoors on the sidewalk and the perfume smell is overpowering, right? And I, you know me, I get really sad for people that are, you know, limiting their their life or missing out on huge events because of perfume or, you know, something that might cause, cause a migraine. Like, you shouldn't have to miss out on your grandkids' Christmas pageant because of perfume. Yeah, because of perfume. Exactly. And, you know, I like scented candles. You know, there are just some things that a lot of us would like to have in our home decor item or something like that. And if you're really sensitive to odors, that's going to be a problem for you too. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of limiting life because of migraines. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We've talked a lot about, you can't bubble wrap yourself. You can't wrap yourself in bubble wrap on this podcast. And so this is definitely one of those things. So let's uh, dive in here. What's going on when we have this reaction to an odor. So obviously we're uh, inhaling the molecules that are triggering the sensory perception of smell, right? So in the air, when we take a breath in, there are different molecules in the air and those molecules, when they hit the olfactory nerves in our nose, those nerves are then stimulated. So different types of molecules are going to stimulate different types of olfactory nerves in our nose. And Mm -hmm. then when a particular nerve gets stimulated, that signal is sent to the brain. And then we perceive that as a, as different odors. Mm Mm-hmm. So sort of like our taste buds, right? When we, when we are chewing food that has uh, sweet or sour or bitter or salt, uh, you know, salty flavor, that's because the molecules in the food stimulate our taste buds. And depending on the type of molecule, it's going to stimulate 
one of those four taste buds. And then that signal is sent to the brain. And then we perceive that as a taste, right? So the olfactory nerves in the nose are sensitive to a lot more molecules than our tongue is sensitive to, or our taste buds are sensitive to, right? Because we can smell a lot more different things than just four types of smells. I mean, okay, so we get those little um, molecules that tickle our our senses, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it hurting us? Like, why does that turn into, I mean, it doesn't sound very dangerous when you're like, oh, it's just a little molecule that like, you know, touches your sensors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the molecule, once it stimulates the nerve, the molecule has to be detoxified. Mm. Right. Because there we are continuously being exposed to sort of bombarded by all of these foreign molecules. So what are what other molecules are in the air? Right. Other than things that we perceive as having an odor. Well, there are there's pollen, dust, uh, all all types of things that we call allergens. Mm -hmm. So when we are inhaling these molecules, Even the ones that stimulate the olfactory nerves and we perceive as having an odor, those are foreign molecules and they have to be detoxified. They have to be processed and removed from the body. Yeah, you don't think about them like floating around in your system, you know? Exactly. A smell happens and then it goes away and you just assume that your body's no longer holding it or experiencing it in any way. Exactly, right? It's not that the little molecule triggers the olfactory nerve and then poof, the molecule just goes away, right? Exactly. Where does the molecule go? Well, it Mm -hmm. goes into, you know, it might hit the back of our throat and hit the tissue there, could go into the lungs, right? It's going to go into our body. Right. Hmm. Now, the lungs are actually an organ of detoxification. Most people do not know that. I had no idea this was the case until I went to naturopathic medical school. But very interestingly, they have found that the same detoxification pathways that are in our liver, which, you know, we associate our liver as a detoxification organ, right? Mm -hmm. So the same detoxification pathways in the liver are also in our lungs. Hmm. Very interesting, right? That is interesting. Because when we are breathing in all of, we are continuously breathing in these little tiny molecules, right? We, we don't see them. We don't perceive them. We perceive them in the sense that they, if they trigger an olfactory nerve and we perceive that as an odor, but you know, we don't, when we breathe in pollen, we don't perceive an odor. That's true. Right? So not even everything that is in the air is going to trigger these olfactory nerves and generate a perception of an odor. Hmm. So when all when those little molecules, they are going to come into us, they're going to land in our lungs, or they might land in the tissue, you know, back of the throat, these, these types of things, they're going to land in the airway. Our body has to be able to break down and clear from the body these foreign molecules. Right. So if the body is already struggling 
to clear the metabolic waste material that we generate as part of our normal physiology, and then all the other toxic molecules that, he, that we are exposed to, the toxic molecules that the drugs actually are in the body, right? If, if the body is already overloaded, trying to clear all of this other stuff, and we breathe in a little perfume molecule, mm. well, now the body can't process that and can't break that down. It's sort of like the straw on the camel's back. I was just going to say that. Now we can call <laughs> the perfume molecule on the lung detoxification process. <laughs> what is a good word? <laughs> right, right. It's it's that it's just sort of the last little molecule that tips the scale. Yeah. And it sounds like such I mean, literally and figuratively, just such a tiny thing. Like it shouldn't knock me down, right? Well, you know, what's interesting is, and, and this is actually, uh, I, I don't know the answer to this question, but how many, right, when we go down the detergent aisle in the grocery store, right, there's all these little tiny uh, molecules of detergent floating in the air, right? We can smell that. It smells like detergent when we go down the aisle, right? So what's in the wow. air of the aisle? All these little detergent molecules. Mm. So how many detergent molecules are we inhaling? I, that's almost terrifying to think of. <laughs> right? It's, it's actually a good question. I don't know the answer to it. But I mean, it's uh, trillion, trillion. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Is there a number? it could be very significant, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, we think, oh, well, okay, a, a molecule of uh, detergent. But I mean, how much is it actually? How many little straws are we talking about here? That's a good way to put it, too. Is it interesting to you that, like, it seems like certain types of smells are more likely to to harm people? Like, you hear people talk about perfume or, you know, certain, those kind of smells, but not necessarily, oh, I went down the coffee aisle and that did it to me. Like, it's... Well, so the coffee aisle can do it to people. I've definitely had uh, clients over the years where the coffee aisle will will tip mm. them over, right? And you walk down that coffee aisle, you can smell the coffee. I don't even drink coffee and I'm like, mm. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so we, you know, there are, uh, so it's it's a great question, right? So how come it's the coffee aisle for me and it's the detergent oil aisle for my sister, right? It's a great question. So these little molecules are different shapes, right? The molecules are made out of atoms and the atoms are configured in a specific way. And that's what makes the molecule, right? A specific Mm -hmm. configuration of atoms. And so when these molecules go through our detoxification pathways, whether that's in the liver or the lungs, there are different pathways for different types of molecules. Hmm. So different pathways require different nutrients to deal with these different molecules. And if you have a big influx, say, of little coffee molecules, they're all going to have to go through the same pathway. Mm. Because the pathways are specific for the molecule shape or type. Got it. So we can overload. We might have capacity in two detoxification pathways, but that third one is completely overloaded. 
Right. And those molecules have to go through the matching pathway. Yeah, you can't put the proverbial square, or what is it, the circle hole, circle peg in the square hole? Oh, yeah, you can't put the square peg in the round hole. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, right, exactly. They have to kind of wait their turn until they can get through that pathway. Mm. You know, you might have, you might recall uh, some drug advertisements where when they're uh, going through the side effects and the warnings and the caution of the medication, they tell, you know, they say, don't drink grapefruit juice with this Mm. medicine. And people think, well, grapefruit juice, what, what on earth would that have to do with (laughs) interacting with a medicine? Well, even our food has to be detoxified. So um, we talked about this on the podcast around food triggers. So Mm -hmm. when we eat food, the nutrients in the food, those nutrient molecules, those have to be detoxified by the liver. And so the portal veins of the digestive tract, these are the veins where the nutrients come into the body they go the nutrients go into the portal veins those portal veins the first place they go to is the liver so that the liver can detoxify those nutrients before they enter the general circulation so if you drink grapefruit juice the little nutrients in the in that grapefruit those molecules have to go through a certain pathway well Mm -hmm. a lot of medication has to go through that same pathway as well And so this is why there's several medicines that they advise do not drink grapefruit juice with this medicine, because again, our medicine has to be detoxified as well. So if that pathway is all clogged up with grapefruit juice molecules, then, and then we take that drug, the body is not going to break down that drug in the way that it is supposed to or expected. And then we could have almost like an overdose effect or side effects, et cetera. That medicine is not going to work in the way that it is supposed to work or is expected to work. Hmm. It's so interesting. So when people are sensitive to different odors, right? Because like you say, some people, they're real sensitive to perfume. Some people Mm -hmm. are real sensitive to car exhaust. Some people are sensitive to coffee. Right. When people are sensitive to different molecules, that gives us uh, a little insight here. Okay, one particular detoxification pathway that detoxifies, you know, that smoke exhaust that is particularly overloaded. Hmm. Whereas the one that detoxifies that little detergent, those detergent molecules, that one is open. Hmm. Because again, the different detoxification pathways require different nutrients. So if we are nutrient deficient, then one pathway may not run as fast as the others. And so then we're going to be more susceptible to experiencing problems when we are exposed to the molecules that have to go through that pathway that's deficient. That makes sense. So like the we talked about before, when you get overloaded, you're putting your body into a state of stress too, right? Correct. For sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of like double whammy there where you're taxing the vitality of your body and you're making it difficult for your body to detoxify and use your nutrients, correct? 
what happens is, so when we have these toxins circulating, Mm -hmm. so these are molecules that are literally toxic. They cause damage to our body, to our cells, to our tissue as they're circulating in the blood. And so if we have this overload of toxins, we're just in general not going to feel well. And then we can feel very keyed up. So we can have symptoms on the mental and emotional side that are actually indications of this toxin overload. So anxiety can be a symptom. People can feel kind of keyed up. You know, somebody walks in the room and I'm jumping. Oh my goodness. I didn't see, you know, I startle easy. I just feel keyed up, revved up. My mind is going difficulty falling asleep, these types of symptoms, these kind of keyed up, irritable, right? Irritability can be a symptom of a toxin accumulation, right? So the overall picture is somebody who's just kind of keyed up, irritable, a book drops and they jump, right? This this kind of picture. These can be symptoms of a toxin overload because again, these, these molecules are irritating the system. So things that we kind of think of as stress symptoms, right? Oh yeah, she's real stressed out. You know, she's all keyed up. She's, you know, her leg is shaking. You know, she's she's jittery. She's moving her leg back and forth. That can be a sign, not that, not that the person is um, inherently anxious, but that they are suffering from this accumulation of metabolic waste material and toxins because these toxins are irritating things in a sense. And so we can feel that irritation mentally and emotionally. I wonder how many times people actually stop and think, oh my gosh, I'm edgy today. today. I bet it's a overload of toxins, <laughs> you know? That's exactly. Very often. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and think about allergies. Okay. So again, allergies, it's a very similar phenomenon because we're, we are inhaling airborne molecules. And so again, we inhale a pollen molecule, we don't experience an odor with that, but that pollen molecule, where does it go, right? It goes into us. And so the body has to detoxify and eliminate that pollen molecule. And when the system is overloaded and the lungs can't take care of that, then our immune system goes into action and says, wait a minute here, what is this? Foreign invader, right? I got to get this out of here. And so the immune system starts to generate a nasal discharge, coughing, watery eyes, right? All of these symptoms that we call allergies, this is the immune system trying to flush out this foreign molecule that we cannot detoxify through the detoxification pathways in the lung. Mm -hmm. Now, do people feel irritable when they have allergies? I mean, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, people feel very irritable when they have those allergies, right? Yeah. We're, we're recording this in August, right? We're coming into hay fever season. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right? People yeah. feel very irritable. Yeah. Yes, those symptoms are just annoying in general, right? Like, Well, why are we annoyed? <laughs> Well, right. Personally, I'm clearing my throat every two and a half seconds. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's yeah. interesting, right? When we have allergies, 
it's different than when we have a cold, and yet the symptoms are so similar. Mm -hmm. People don't really feel irritable when they have a cold. We also have, um, we're able to function most of the time regardless, whereas like a migraine, you may not be able to function. That's Uh a huge difference, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, with a cold, people feel fatigued and they they might feel uh, run down. They might feel even a little depressed, right? But people really don't feel irritable with a cold mm-hmm. like they do with allergies. And yet the mm-hmm. symptoms are pretty similar. True. Maybe it's, I don't feel as irritable because when I have a cold, I actually stop and take care of myself and sleep. So I'm not conscious enough to be irritable. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the other factor here for people is some people just inherently are sensitive to certain molecules uh, over other molecules. There is, there is an energetic aspect to us as, as well. And so some people more on the energetic side of the body, they're more sensitive to uh, odors versus other sensory input. Right. Um, so some people are very sensitive to sunlight. I personally am much more sensitive to sunlight than I am to odors. Mm. So even when I have an accumulation of metabolic waste material and toxins, I'm not going to experience the odor sensitivity as much as I'm going to experience the light sensitivity. Interesting. So there is also that individual variability, but Mm -hmm. these sensitivities, so the odor sensitivity, the sunlight sensitivity, weather sensitivity, you know, food sensitivities. Okay. The things that we kind of call sensitivities or a lot of these things that we call triggers They all Mm -hmm. really tie very strongly back to this overload of metabolic waste material and toxins. Mm. Because what I find is when I'm working with my clients and we start to clear the load, people's Mm -hmm. sensitivities to these things, to these stimuli, they start to decrease and decrease. Whether it's the weather, whether it's sunlight, uh, whether it's fluorescent lighting, uh, Mm -hmm. odors, food, these types of things. So it's very interesting because when we have this overload of metabolic waste material and toxins, it generates this hypersensitivity emotionally, mentally, and physically. But the Mm -hmm. type of things that we will be susceptible to or sensitive to, there is an individual variation to that that appears to be innate. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming too, like there is a aha moment that happens with the smell and the olfactory you know what I mean because when I have a an aha moment or an uh-oh moment I should say with a the light it's almost like oh that light just hit my eyes at the wrong angle and I feel the uh-oh you know what I mean mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah I've experienced that I've gotten auras and uh due to light reflecting on like a car hood, that type of thing. So again, Mm -hmm. I'm very sensitive to light. If I get out of a state of health, if my needle gets into my migraine zone, I'm going to be much more sensitive to sunlight. Mm 
I'm going to get mm-hmm. a real bad migraine if I'm out in the sun. Um, I'm going to have to squint a lot. I'm not going to want to go outside at noon in the summertime when it's real sunny. I could get an aura from that sunlight reflecting off of a car hood. But mm-hmm. all of that goes away when I'm in a better state of health, when my needle is closer to north, and I don't have that overload of metabolic waste material. I don't know. Does Is it just me that so many of these things you just don't put two and two together? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, because we're not taught any of this. Yeah, yeah. Like we can think of, oh, just the smell makes me get a migraine. But of course, we're not sitting down and thinking, oh, those molecules, you know, <laughs> like there's is a metabolic overload of this particular molecule. We are not sitting around thinking of that, you know. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, even our understanding that there are atoms and molecules in the universe is relatively new. (laughs) So, you know, you could read the ancient medical texts from the Greeks from 2000 years ago, and they describe migraines. So migraines have been happening to us humans since the dawn of time. But very, very recently, do we understand the you know, the atomic world and the the physiology and the biochemistry of the body. I mean, a hundred mm-hmm. years ago, they were just discovering vitamin C, which was the first vitamin that mm. uh, they discovered. That was just a hundred years ago. It's so interesting. So this is all very, very new to human consciousness. And we mm-hmm. don't have a medical system that believes that there's any reason why we get sick in the first place. You know, we Other have a dominant medical system, system that thinks we get sick because we're unlucky. We are, or we're broken. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just unlucky that you are broken inside and not much we can do to help that. It, right. You know, the scientific sounding term for unlucky is genetics. <laughs> yes. Right. But our genes that we get are a matter of luck. Right. And so... Certainly, right? Our genetics is obviously critical, but it's not the full story. And we've talked about that in a, in another podcast too around genetics. Mm-hmm. So the answer to this, so like I say, you know, these, when we start to become sensitive to these things in the environment, whether they be weather, light, odors, foods, when we start to become sensitive to these things, this is where we should, like you say, we should put two and two together sooner than what we've, you know, what, what we're doing, right? what we're doing currently. Because mm-hmm. these are sort of the first signals that happen that we are starting to develop some deficiencies or blockers or missing pieces within the three principles that are required to restore and maintain our health. Mm-hmm. So this sensitivity to odors really ties into the second principle very strongly. But there mm-hmm. are, you know, there are actually three principles, what I call the three principles that are required to restore and maintain our health. Mm-hmm. So the first principle being getting the nutrients to every cell in the body. The second principle is clearing metabolic waste material and toxins. And the third principle is restoring our resiliency and vitality. Mm-hmm. So when we start to experience these sensitivities, this is, like I say, this is kind of like the warning shot that we're starting to get deficient in these three principles. 
And then if we know what to do, if we know how to rectify that, we can take immediate action before we start to develop these full-blown migraines. Right. So what do you think, Mary? Any other questions do you think people will have? What do you think? I don't know if we want to dive too far into it, but just like, okay, I get migraines. I understand now that when it happens from smell, I can kind of understand the process of that. But then, you know, what do you do with that information? So what I have been talking a lot about, right, is the detoxification pathways in the lungs, also the liver. I've been talking about this accumulation of metabolic waste material and toxins. So Mm -hmm. to clear this, right, you have to fill in the deficiencies within all three of these principles. Mm -hmm. So when our detoxification pathways cannot keep up with the load, when our liver and our lungs and then also our kidneys, that's the third organ of detoxification. When those organs can't keep up with the load, they don't have the nutrients that they need to function. That's the Mm -hmm. first principle. And they don't have the cellular vitality to run the machinery, so to speak, at full speed. That's the third principle. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, what do I do? What you need to do if you're struggling with this is you need to get a full assessment of where you stand within these three principles. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to be able to clear these metabolic waste material and toxins if you have deficiencies in the first and third principle. Right. It's, it's not going to work. So this is why, you know, what's, what's a real fad right now are these, you know, weekend cleanses, colon cleanses, juice fasts, you know, these types of things. Those little, you know, weekend warrior type approaches, they're not going to address the deficiencies in that first principle and the third principle that are contributing to the overload in the second principle. Yeah, so they're only identifying one piece of the puzzle, basically. Right. They're, you know, what people are doing is they're trying to, you know, they might be taking herbs, you know, so-called liver herbs or so-called detox herbs, or they might be drinking a whole bunch of uh, kale juice or, you know, putting lemon in their water and things like that. These are not going to have a significant, if any, impact mm. because herbs that support liver function have to be used in conjunction with addressing any deficiencies in the first principle and any deficiencies in the third principle. And this is what people are missing. And this is what a lot of natural practitioners are missing as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have symptoms of an overload of metabolic waste material and toxins, you're going to have deficiencies within that first principle and third principle too. It's kind of a given. Is there one like one principle that outweighs the rest? Like, <laughs> excuse my nerdy analogy, but the one ring that rules them all. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Is that from Lord of the Rings? Yes. <laughs> good for you. I haven't watched that, but good for you. Oh, man. Come on, Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nerdy in other areas. (laughs) (laughs) But like if one goes out of whack first, do the others follow? Or is it just all one can any of them can go out of whack and they all just got like, 
I don't know. I'm just curious about that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. It, it can be sort of like squeezing a balloon, mm. right? All three of these principles, we want to be functioning optimally, right? We want to have mm-hmm. sort of, you know, we want to have a full tank on the first principle. We want to have adequate nutrients. We want to fill up that nutrient tank and we want to fill up that vitality tank, the third principle, and we want to empty the toxin bucket. Mm-hmm. But all three of these things, they inter, they they are totally interconnected. So if so, every cell has to have the nutrients that it needs to function. We're not going to have adequate cellular vitality if we don't have the minerals that the cell needs to maintain the voltage at the cellular level. The cell is not going to be able to maintain the voltage or vitality if there's an accumulation of metabolic waste material inside of the cell. Mm -hmm. The cell is not going to be able to remove the metabolic waste material from the cell if it doesn't have adequate nutrient status. It's not going to be able to remove the metabolic waste material if there is an adequate voltage differential between the cell and the extracellular space. Mm. So these three principles are completely interconnected. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So it's not like you can just, if one is out of whack, like you're saying, the chances are the other two are also. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if you can't tell for yourself, like not as Leslie as you, but like, as a patient or client or migraine sufferer, even if you can't tell the other two are out of whack, there's a good chance they are. Exactly. Exactly. Especially by the time we have migraines. Mm. Okay. Migraines come on the scene when these three principles have gotten pretty depleted. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the first, you know, one of the first things that comes on my scene for me personally, because I'm sensitive to sunlight is I walk out of my house and I go, oh man, is it bright out today? Woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So now knowing what I know now, if I experience that, I go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Right. Mm-hmm. Before 25 years ago, I would walk outside and I, I, I wouldn't even, I would barely perceive that I was more sensitive to light on certain days than others, I might have just assumed that it was less cloudy. Yeah, that's true. right. I would have just assumed, oh, you know, this is just the kind of day it is. It's real sunny today, but the sun mm-hmm. doesn't change. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Right? right? Excuse mm-hmm. Now, right? I, you know, I know what to tune into. So I want to, I want to tune in to my perception of the sunlight and then take action with myself before I start having a migraine every other day, like I had 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So our body is sending us subtle signals all the time before Mm -hmm. we go into a chronic migraine state. We just don't know how to read them. Right. And I was just going to say that, I guess to close up that I love how you are encouraging people to be in in such good tune with their bodies, like to be paying that close of attention because it's so easy. I know we've talked about it many, many times, like 
where we feel like the body is disconnected from the brain and from the the spirit and all of that, but you're encouraging people to really pay attention to how all those things interconnect and when they're off and, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pay attention, not in a paranoid state, like we can get into when we have chronic migraines where we're on high yeah. alert, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. But, you know, again, if I leave my house and I'm not present with myself, right? If I'm in my head, I'm preoccupied. What do I have to do today? I got, you know, I got this schedule. I got to pick my daughter up. I got to do X, Y, Z tonight. If I'm running that all through my head and I'm preoccupied and I'm not in the present, I'm not going to notice the sun. I'm not going to notice if I'm a little bit more sensitive to the sun that day. And then I'm not going to be able to take action. Mm. And more and more people are realizing, right? Yeah, you know, should be more present with myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Culturally, a lot of people are promoting for people to be more present with themselves. This is one of the benefits of that. We can actually pick up some of these more subtle symptoms that our body is telling us so that we can act on them mm-hmm. before they become a debilitating symptom, right? That sensitivity to sunlight is a symptom. It's a Mm -hmm. small symptom. It's something that I can easily go, oh, well, you know, I'm too busy today to deal with this symptom. Mm -hmm. But it is a symptom. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, wouldn't you rather take care of symptoms when they're small? Yeah. I don't have to take to my bed if I'm sensitive to sunlight, right? I can go about my day. Right. Right. So by the time we get to migraines, right now, now I got to be in bed for eight hours. Yeah. Right. So this is, you know, this is one of the many benefits of, you know, going against the grain a little bit of modern life and actually being present with ourselves. We can pick up on a lot of things and then we are empowered instead of a victim of our body. Right. And being able to be proactive rather than just reactive. and Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, very good, Mary. What do you think? Do you think we covered it? I think we got her. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Very good. Well, I will talk to you soon, Mary. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Well, wonderful. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. Um, And please, if you have somebody in your life who's suffering from chronic migraines, please share this information with them. Who could benefit from this information that we talked about today? Please share that on your social media or share it with your friends and loved ones who've been praying for this information. And if you want to stay connected with Mary and I, please join our free Facebook group. We have nearly 12,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life naturally. You can go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar ND in the search box on Facebook, or you can go to healingmigrainesnaturally.com and we will redirect you there.